Years ago, people just do things because that's the way we did it. When you opened your eyes and saw and thought, how can we make this easier? How can we make it quicker? It worked. Welcome to this week's MTD podcast. Easy ways of maximizing your profitability within your workshops. Today, we will discuss solutions to make your business more profitable by the equipment you use. I'm Giovanni Albanese hosting the show, a passionate engineer with over 25 years experience in the manufacturing industry and a proud member of the MTD team. I'm joined by Sean Cundy with 36 years experience in engineering and currently managing director of Bison UK. I'm also joined by Mike Harris with a staggering 43 years experience in the engineering industry and who is currently sales director for Bison UK. And we're proudly joined by Nellis from SAV Group and you have 35 years experience in engineering and an expert in magnetic work holding. Welcome to the MTD podcast, gentlemen. Thank you very Thank much. You. Now, in this podcast, we want to kind of try to explain easy ways that end users can maximise their profitability and efficiency without necessarily having to spend lots of money. But before we get to that, I want to delve into your own experiences a little bit more. Now, Mike, I'm going to start with you as you've been in the industry for longer than all of us. All right. How did you get into engineering and why? I left school, went into an engineering company, which was about a mile away from where I lived. I got fed up after nine years of having dirty hands and wanted to wear a suit. So I joined Rome Work Holding. I was with there for 26 years. And then we started up Bison UK. We've been doing that for about eight, nine years now. Eight years. Eight yeah, years. Just over eight years. Yeah. I think you've been very successful as well. Sean, you've got many years' experience in yeah. the industry as well. What got you into engineering? Well, I left college and an engineering apprenticeship with the Royal Air Force. And then from there, when I left, I went into distribution with the likes of Cromwell Tools, Back and Hickman, and the initial part, and then worked for Iskar, a cutting tool company, for quite a number of years. And then with Bison, as it were, in the UK, originally as Toolmex, selling work holding equipment. And then as Bison UK in the last eight years, which I've been more commercial based, sort of looking after the commercial side of the business. It's a lot of experience. and I'm sure you've seen many changes oh, yes. in the industry. Most definitely. Now, Nellis, you've been working yep. around the world. What got you into engineering and where did you start? I started after college. I went to the University of Technology in Eindhoven and got a degree in mechanical engineering there. And after finishing school, I started working with the Walker Magnetic Group and in the development department. And I started in development of magnetic products. That's basically the starting point for me. And then later, in, I stayed with the company uh, basically my whole life until it was taken over by SAV. And I've done several jobs there. I've been a production manager, I have been a business unit manager, and finally, right now, I am leading the SAV company in the Netherlands. And that company is managing the export business for SAV Germany. Have you had much experience up until now with the UK market? 
Yes, we did have relations in the UK market from the old company, from the Walker company. We did have an exclusive dealership back then in those days. And I've been doing business with those people for decades, basically. How we work here in the UK, is yeah. it different to how people work in Europe and around the world, in your opinion? Different. I'm not. No, you didn't say slow. Really. No, 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 no. I don't. I don't. Are no, you being I, kind? No, I'm not, I'm not being we kind. We can come back I, to that yeah. one if you want. No, but basically, product awareness on magnetic equipment could be better in the UK. Why? It could be more widely spread. Yeah. I believe. And is this the theme of this podcast? Is maximising profitability? So. Yes. This is one of my questions further into the podcast, yeah. but as we're on this particular subject now, is this a way in which some end users within the UK could quite easily maximise, an example of how so. they could quite easily maximise efficiency? I think, I think they could and they should probably mm. if they want to stay alive in the world of today because uh, you have a lot of countries where people are working against relatively low wages and the only way to compensate that is by working smarter. Technology. I yeah, I think so. Embracing that technology. So, sure, there's technology available to us here in the UK, and we've got automation that's yeah. playing in the background, for example, and we recently did a podcast on automation and the benefits. Why do we seem a little bit late joining the party sometimes to kind of embracing some of this technology? I think it's probably a little bit of lack of confidence in the market, probably a lack of confidence certainly over the last few years of where our future is within Europe. Is it the right time to invest money and move forward on these sorts of projects? I'm sure most manufacturers out there would love to invest in new technology and love to move their businesses forward probably into the 21st century. But you've got to have long-term confidence in the marketplace, in your customer base, that that investment is going to be realised. You're going to get a return on that investment so your business survives and sort of flourishes. But until that confidence is there, people will stick with what they know. Yeah. They'll get the best out of what they've got. They'll spend a little bit of money on maintenance and repairs and they'll continue. We certainly see it with our product. As soon as the market starts to slow and the confidence disappears, we sell so many spare parts. When the market picks up and it starts to boom again, people are always looking for new solutions and new ways of doing things. I think I do agree with you with the investment side of things, absolutely 100%. And from my own experience visiting companies around the UK, one of my first questions is when I enter a company, are you busy? And if they say, yes, I'm very busy, I can't keep up with demand, you'll go in onto their shop floor and you'll see that they've invested in all of the latest technology and they're booming. And same question on the flip side, if I say, are you busy? And they say, no, we're quiet. You go into their shop floor and they haven't invested in any new technology and they cannot compete. What do you think of this, Mike? Sometimes I think it's about simplifying the way you're doing things. We had recently with using a power chuck if with quick change jaws. Now that means how quick change, you can, the turnover of putting new jaws in saves time. It can save like five, 10 minutes a day. Setup time. Setup times. So that means over a week becomes different. Over a whole month, over a whole year, how much time have you gained? It's like we're looking at this work holding with SAV. The conventional way of holding a product is to clamp it, say, in, in the vice jaws. But that's two sides you cannot machine. If you go with magnetic, just holds on one side. means five-axis machining saves time. And there's lots of different benefits as well on top of that. Yes. I think that also, I think this is really kind of hit the nail on the head, really, Mark. It's not just people 
scared to invest and because of the current climate but it's also must be something to do with education as well surely i think that i've always kind of it's a way of thinking absolutely i think if people have always done it in a certain way they'll tend to carry on doing because they're confident this in is, doing it this that is way quite why we like working with you guys at mtd because we get a chance to make the videos and, <laughs> and we can show people that there are other options out there they get a brief look on a YouTube video or on your website of what alternatives are out there. And as everybody says, a picture tells a thousand words. You can see the concept, you can see the idea. Just pick the phone up and ask us. Um, we'll be happy to recommend, we'll be happy to give you some ideas and some costings and you can work it out for yourselves. Is this more cost effective for the future of your business rather than staying where you are at the moment? But pick the phone up, ask, ask. Yeah, it no, doesn't cost anything to yeah. ask. I mean, we're all on an educational journey and I think it's got to start from the ground roots. It's got to start from the universities, the colleges, mm -hmm. the schools. Schools, actually, trying to get younger people and make them aware of what a fantastic industry engineering is to start with. I think that's number one. Then if they do progress and want to get into engineering and manufacturing as a kind of career for them, then they need to be fully aware of the technology that is available from that level. And I think sometimes we're guilty that they've not got that accessibility to some of that it's technology. the perception of engineering. When Absolutely. I started in 1976, it was dirty, raggy cloth. You had overalls on it, it was filthy. Now you go to some of these companies and it's, yeah. you could eat your dinner off the yeah. floor. Yeah. It's complete, it was the oily rag industry, the way you do yeah. things. But that's why people don't want to get into it, isn't it? Yeah. They feel like that it's a dead-end job if they actually get onto the shop floor and make things. But mm -hmm. unless you do that, making things, you can't progress into some of the best jobs in the world within this industry. Is yeah. that correct, in your opinion? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Nellis, in regards to the educational system around the world and in Holland and Germany, how is it different to how we educate in the UK? I mean, sorry to keep putting these questions well, on you. I, but... I would, to, be, to be honest, I wouldn't no. know. I don't think there's anything wrong with your educational yeah. systems compared to the rest of Europe. Do, I don't... You find, do you have more engineering apprenticeships, would you say, in Germany? In Germany, yes. Yeah, Germany definitely. is a completely different situation also as in Holland. In Germany, you have the companies train technical people from school so they yeah. go to a school mm -hmm. they go into a company and they get a practical training there they become like a master craftsman yeah. basically so the perception of the role yes. within engineering within manufacturing yeah. is probably perceived yeah, at it, a higher the, level than probably yeah, totally is in it the is. UK. Totally that different. is that is true because yeah, yeah. those people are really appreciated in, yeah. uh, in germany exactly. they get decent pay that's to start with and they have a certain social status once they finished that project, they really learned the trade. Yes. They have. My grandmother, when she came over from Italy, obviously I've got an Italian yeah. background, she said to me, engineers in Italy and in Germany, they're treated or kind of looked upon as doctors or yeah, dentists. Exactly. Yeah. Or, yeah. But in the UK, unfortunately, we've not been looked upon like that in the past. And maybe yeah. that is something that we do need to yeah. look to change especially to try and attract the younger generation into this it's industry. It's a far clean industry now, whereas they used to look upon it, it's like dirty, it's a dirty yeah. rag. Now you see them, it's different industry. As a nation, we need to export, we need to sell yeah. things to the rest of the world. Yeah, but yeah. look how the production companies are organised these days. There is a lot of automation in it. Lean manufacturing. Yeah, yeah. it's beautiful. Basically, you can start with the design department with a computer and, and load the programme directly into machine. Yeah. And if you organize the logistics of the product well, then you get these pick and span 
yeah. factories. Macau. And they really look yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. That always Amazing, springs to the yeah. top of my yeah. Let's get back to, right, we've all had this experience within the industry. Yeah. Let's give some real-life examples of how investing, or maybe for the smallest investment, can give you the biggest return of investment. Now I'm talking about introducing some special work holding solutions. Have you got any examples that you can give me? Nellis, can you give me any examples of where you've saved your clients a lot of money, time, efficiency through bringing in a new solution? Yeah, sure. One very nice example is where SAV has provided or engineered for a German company which make houses for gears. How do you call them? Gear housing. Gear housing. They made the fixtures to hold the housing in the machines so that it could be worked upon. But they also made the pick and place units to pick the semi-finished products out of the racks, put them into the fixture, clamp them with the fixture. The fixture can be magnetic or hydraulic, can be both, and take them out after finishing the product. Those are perfect examples how the discipline that we have in our company all can work together. So that's work holding and automation combined. Work holding and automation combined. And if you look at, for instance, magnetic work holding, one of the big advantages of magnetic work holding is that you have one face clamping the product. Mike was talking about that a little earlier, but the fact that it has one face only has basically in loading and unloading also a big advantage. It's very easy to put something onto a plane surface. Mm -hmm. Now afterwards you clamp it and it's fixed. So that is a big advantage. Secondary big advantage is that your holding forces are uniform all over the surface of your product. So your accuracies in production are much higher because of the fact that you hold it over the entire surface, you eliminate vibrations in the product while operating. So these are quite a few ways actually yes. that you've told us how you can save money here so automation number one we've covered yep. automation in a previous podcast i'm not going to get into automation no, too but deeply that, that, that's but okay. again that's risen its head very very important then work holding that lends itself to automation whether that be hydraulic or magnetic yep. when we discuss magnetic then we're looking at reducing it reduces setup time eliminates yep. vibration yep. presents more components or faces of the yep. component to the spindle which yeah. you can hit more of that component all in one. Lots of ways in which you can save, and we should be using magnetics more in the UK. Mike? You're talking about time saving. I'll give you an example. It's years ago, people would just do things because that's the way we did it. When you opened your eyes and saw and thought, how can we make this easier? How can I make it quicker? It worked. When I was a lad working on a shop floor, I was, you were always given once a month 30 blocks that needed a hole drilling through the middle. And you would always put it in the one vice you had, put it in there and drill it. Take it out, put another one in. I left this for a while, then I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll make a jig up where I can clamp five at a time yeah. and then just uh, drill it and go yep, along yep, and do yep, it. Yep. Great. The company loved it. <clears throat> like I worked with hated me because he had that down to work on Saturday <laughs> and get double time over time. <laughs> so it's a double sword. But it's stuff like that when you think outside the box a little bit. Evolution, yeah. isn't it's it? It's by opening your eyes up yeah. to the, what's out there, just using a little bit of common sense at times. We're, we're well renowned in the UK for being solution providers and doing fantastic low volume work that no one else in the world 
can do or don't want to do. Lower volume, very skilled work, but we're not very well renowned, sorry, can't get my words out, for very high volume work. I think we're starting to embrace that technology a little bit more now, but there's a gap there, isn't there? There is definitely a gap that we need to bridge. And I've got to say, I've not said it yet in the podcast, people in our audience might think, why is SAV on with Bison? You're actually working or working together now yes. as a partnership, which yes. I think really works well, by the way. I think you really complement each other. Sean, if you had to give a piece of advice to an end user company, whether that be introducing the latest work holding solution or get a new accountant... What would it be? I would say to people that just take the time to look to see what's actually out there in the marketplace, what new things are out there. Speak to people such as ourselves and SAV to ask what is available now, how can we help? I know time costs money, but it's a fraction of the cost that you could possibly be saving by bringing in some new technology and new methods into yeah. your workplace. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's a good point yeah. to make, really. Agree completely. Yes. Yeah. Just look at what you're doing and ask questions. So the information is out there. And I think that when we talk about sometimes like work holding or cutting tools or cutting fluid, this can be overlooked. Sometimes people are guilty at looking at their machine tool and thinking the machine tool will solve all of the problems and then overlooking all the other aspects and elements of the complete solution and i think that people need to open their minds more in my opinion because you're only as strong as your weakest link true guys it's been an absolute pleasure have you got any last thoughts about this podcast anyone got anything else to say before we leave the podcast the only thing i'd say is also you gotta remember the commercial side of things in the projects and i know from our perspective with customers that order products on a regular basis from us but necessarily don't know when they're going to want them we're always open to talk to them about the commercial aspects of it, holding stock, just-in-time call-off and stuff like that. But there's a lot of suppliers out there that are prepared to change their methods of doing business to accommodate new customers. And I think it's absolutely essential that we do become accommodating to factors yes. like that. If yeah. we're going to grow in the UK, I think that... I hate to say it, but the B word, I think it's hopefully going to make us all more patriotic <laughs> and make us go further now. Like and, and kind of the B word was. <laughs> I, I, I forgot the it's B word. Long, it's a long time, <laughs> long, long time ago. But uh, if people have been listening to this podcast, have any questions, please send us in your questions. Don't forget to subscribe and review and leave us your review. Tell us what you think about this podcast. Mike, Sean and Nellis, thank you very much for your time today. Until next time, the MTD Podcast. Thanks for listening to the MTD Podcast. If you found value in this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. Find more episodes on mtdcnc.com.